The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, everybody, here we go. It is time for the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Dallas Cowboys safeties. That is Barry Church and Danny McRae. Our show is now in the offseason, which means we only go one day a week, Fridays. Fridays at 11.30, so lock it in, tell your friends, lock it in, subscribe, um, and we would appreciate it. All right, guys, the Cowboys now are a 6-10 and 10 football team, officially with the 10th overall pick in the draft. If it is you, what is your off-season priority number one? Danny McCray, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> no, you already know my top off-season priority, especially if we're talking about draft picks. I am going straight finding a way to get me a left tackle to shore up my offensive line and get these guys back to playing the football that got us to those playoff runs and got us almost to the uh, to the championship. You know, Dez did catch it. They changed the rule. But that's when we were really, really <laughs> making some moves and we were able to run the ball and people were really fearing our offensive line. So I'm doing whatever I can to shore that up. And then for the rest of the draft, I'll focus on defense and free agency. I'll get us some defensive picks to re- re-up this uh, defensive backfield and the defensive line, but I'm going offensive line first. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Look, I mean, there's so many different scenarios here because y'all know how I feel about the whole quarterback position. And if my guy falls back to 10, you know, you know how I feel about that. So let's just say that scenario is out the gate. Let's just say he's gone before he gets to 10. So we're not we're not even going to open that cookie shell. But for me, the, the there's two positions that we need to pick, make a priority this offseason. And, and I think it has to do with the draft. We're talking specifically draft. The two positions I think we need to, to make a number one priority for us is one, the defensive tackle position, the interior position and in the cornerback position with the D tackle yeah. position I mean we got we got I don't think Crawford is going to be back I, I sincerely doubt that Crawford is going to be back and I know that Tristan Hill he's he's shown that he's on the come that he's on the way up there and he can be considered a starting defensive tackle but he's coming off an ACL injury and we don't know how he's going to respond to that going into the season so for me I think we need to pair somebody up there with Neville Gallimore who can make plays in the backfield as well as hold up the offensive line I mean, what we've seen so far this year well not so far what we've seen this year was that there was too many times where the offensive line was able to get to that second level and affect our line linebackers and affect Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch back there. So if we get a defensive tackle in there who can not only make plays but can hold his own against offensive linemen forcing them to, to take care of him and letting our linebackers go side to side, I think that'll help improve our defense a ton. Now the second option I think we need to go for in this draft is the cornerback position. I would have said safety but to me, I think we have a playmaker back there in Wilson, and we need a veteran guy to pair with him back there. Not somebody like a Simmons, not somebody in free agencies that's going to cost a million bucks or 350 million bucks. We need somebody that's back there who's reasonably priced, who can be a team-friendly deal and get this, these guys lined up. So I'm not going to go safety as far as a draft. But as far as a draft, I want to go corner. We need somebody to pair with Diggs. I love Diggs on the outside. Anthony Brown has a team-friendly deal. He can be that third cornerback. I'm I'm not sold on A.B., but he can be that nickel guy. He can be a solid starter at that nickel position for us, and I think we need to go get a corner on the outside because I'm not sold on a Wuzier, and I'm definitely not sold on Jordan Lewis. So for me, my priorities would be defensive tackle and corner going into this draft. Hey, hey, listen, Church, I heard you say that you love Diggs. Okay, so now you love Diggs on the outside, and you want to pair him up with another rookie in the draft. that, That makes me nervous. But, you know, if if you hit on a guy and you find a guy like uh, Jalen Ramsey or Patrick Peterson or somebody, if you find one of those type of guys and you you strike gold, then then I got you. But that that, that does make me a little nervous. I think it is risky more work to do before I say I I love what he's doing out there. But I I, I do see the potential, but I, I don't think he's at the level of. Of uh, hey, uh, yeah, he, he's he, he's the the definite guy for the future. Like they, uh, um, knew he wants to give him that fifty million dollar contract already. <laughs> so so <laughs> let me let me stop you right there, Danny, and ask this question: What if Patrick Peterson becomes available? 
because that has been talked about. And he may not have a future in Arizona. And with, you know, and I'm not exactly sure of their salary cap situation. But if Peterson's available, your thoughts? That I, that I think that depends on who you have a defensive coordinator. What what type of defense do you plan on playing? Because like we talked about, I believe it was last week. If you get a guy in here that wants to play his own defense, then you don't need a Patrick Peterson. If you want a guy that that, that can come out here and be a leader in there and, and, and play man to man coverage, so you can blitz and do these exotic type of schemes. Then yeah, you can you can look at a guy like Pat, and if he's not going to break the bank for you, you're able to still sign Dak and get him at a reasonable price. Then I will entertain that that option. But it, you know, if, if the defensive coordinator, defensive scheme doesn't fit, then I wouldn't waste my money on getting a guy like that. All right, let me give you my offseason priority, which is totally different than than what you guys laid out to me. When I say top top offseason priorities, the quarterback. This whole league runs off quarterbacks. Your whole salary cap structure is going to be based off your quarterback because in most situations, when you have a guy on a second contract as your quarterback, he's going to be the highest paid guy. So to me, Jerry Jones and his staff have to get this Dak Prescott contract taken care of as quickly as possible. You'd like it done before free agency starts in March. If you had to put a franchise tag on Dak Prescott, that's $38 million, and it's going to prohibit you from getting some free agents. And, and, and it can change, obviously, a little bit of what you do in the draft. So to me, it, the Joneses need to decide what are they going to do. Are they going to go out here and, and get a deal done like they say they've been doing or, or what? But i got to figure that whole thing out because so much revolves um, around what they do with Dak. When you talk about trying to get some veterans possibly up here, veteran on the D-line or a veteran um, in the secondary, some of that money, you know, will it be available to you in free agency or, and could dictate the kind of player you get, the tier player you get. So to me, it's got to start with the quarterback. It's got to start there. And you got Mike McCarthy going on radio in San Antonio saying he's looking forward to working with Dak Prescott. So he's assuming he's going to have the player. How do we have the players, the question, if, if you're the Cowboy fan base? As a four, five-year contract, or is it a one-year deal, guys? But that, to me, is the top thing they got to figure out. They better, they better hope that they get this man for long term. Because I guarantee you, if they hit him with another franchise tag, they're going to be right in the same boat the following year where it's going to be like, all right, man, where do we spend this money at? We got to give all this money allocated to Dak. We're in that same position again next year if they franchise him again. They better hope they get this deal done. Or this, this could be a possibility to sink in this franchise for more, more than just a year or two. When you think about it, that, 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 will, that will technically be the third year that they have so much yeah. money tied up in deck that they have to worry about the cap space. And, and Noah, you are, you are correct that the, the number one priority is the quarterback. I, 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 my, my mistake, I was assuming I went straight to the draft. You know how I feel. They need to go ahead and sign this man. They should have signed him two years ago. They should have signed him last year. Now you got a guy who's injured. Uh, you're not sure when he's really going to be back, so now you still have to wait. Hey, do, do we pay him this money while he's injured or not really be sure? Then you got Church saying, you know, maybe we should get a quarterback in the draft. All these options wouldn't even be on the table if you had already paid this guy. So make sure you get that taken care of and then go get you a left tackle uh, to shore up that offensive line so you can protect them. The question I think you got to ask yourself is, is Dak one of those quarterbacks that can lead a franchise to the Super Bowl by himself? Can he do it strictly by him, no matter how bad the defense is? Do we see him as a Patrick Mahomes or a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, those type of guys that can lead an offense and lead a team to the Super Bowl without any help at all? That's the question I think they got to ask themselves. And if the Cowboys feel as though he's that quarterback, he's that elite guy, then there, there should be no there should be no reason not to pay him. But if there's questions well, about well, it, hey, does he need this? Does he need that? Then that's where I think we're at. That's where I think we're at right now. What, what do you what do you mean by no no help? Do you mean like from the defense? From like but for the defensive side of the ball, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Okay, okay. I was gonna say if, all right. I, I think if he, if he was starting and everybody was healthy this year, I think that they would have had a real chance, even, even with how they played at the beginning of the season, they would have had a real chance to wrap up the division and make some noise in the playoffs if, if they were healthy this season. So, so Church, here's my question, because I, I, I hear that a lot, and, and I've got a friend of mine who's a Hall of Fame voter who speaks about that very thing all the time. So let me ask you this. How many guys in the NFL right now fit exactly what you're saying? That are quarterbacks. Probably. Guys can get how many? How many? Because I don't know. You, you tell me. Maybe, maybe two or three. 
in the league that can that can do that, in my opinion. I think Russell Wilson can lead a team without a good defense. I think Pat McCombs can, and maybe, we'll, maybe a Josh Allen. I, I don't know about that for sure, but maybe a Josh Allen. I'll, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot about Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, I don't know, man. I, I just don't see any, any other quarterback out there that can do it without any help from their defense. That's tough, okay, so man, because all those, all those teams have pretty good defenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I, definitely, definitely better than ours. You know uh, what, what, we, what we ran out. There, yeah, man, that's not saying much I, I though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know who could really get you to a Super Bowl with what we ran out there this year. The the, the teams that you like when Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl, you know they had the Legion of Doom, Legion of Boom. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Kansas City actually started playing well on defense. Uh, uh, last year when they won the Super Bowl, you had Matthew out there making plays. The D-line was getting sacks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was out there. He, they, Their defense played uh, better uh, last year. So I think you have to have a at least formidable defense if you're really serious and talking about going to make a Super Bowl run. Uh, you're so you're I don't, 100% you know, right. I, I would actually throw Deshaun Watson in there as well. Even though he didn't win a lot of games. I mean, if you throw Deshaun Watson on our team, I think they at least get to the playoffs. And, and, okay. and like I said, I think they at least make some damage out there. Now, and do we now, think Dak is that, is that, is that, do we think Dak is on that level? I do. I, I, I believe. I do too. Okay. I, I thought okay. What, we, what we saw, what we saw in just the limited amount that we saw, that, uh, that he played last year, we saw him being that guy. That he was the guy okay. that was able to go elevate. He's elevated his game every year, Barry. And so I'm not worried about him. And I put him right there in terms of Deshaun Watson, where you're looking at this guy like, hey, he's making things happen. And for all the criticism people have thrown out out there about Ezekiel Elliott, his game going down. While Ezekiel's get, well, people may feel Zeke's game is going down. You got to say Dak's game is going up. And Barry, you got to also remember. And I thought Danny hit a point. You've got to play at least complementary defense. If you're going to win, I look at the Green Bay Packers right now and Aaron Rodgers on offense. I mean, yes, he is carrying the load, but they are playing some complimentary, some decent defense in Green Bay. It ain't the world's greatest, but you got to sit up here and do something. I go ahead and look at Ben Roethlisberger and the defense that they've got in Pittsburgh. You know, the Pittsburgh defense suffered some injuries, but, you know, as great as Big, Big Ben's career has been this year, they tried to throw the ball and, and down the stretch. It, it, he showed you he can't do it. I think Dak Prescott has a, has a better opportunity as a quarterback in his offense than what I saw from Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger got some weapons now, especially on the outside. They can't run it worth a stink, but I think Dak Prescott has shown you, as you look around this league, he's a guy that you invest in. And that's what this is really about, Barry, more so than can you win me a Super Bowl is if I invest these dollars in you, can you potentially get me there? Because that's all you're looking for. You know, when you talk about a guy like Josh Allen, you know, can he get you there? It's looking like he can. You know, the money that they put in Joe Flacco, it ended up paying off. They paid Russell Wilson before he showed you that he was a quarterback who, quote unquote, could carry you. You're going to have to they do that. They had defense. Those teams had yeah, defense. Yeah. The, the Ravens right. yeah, they defense. did. They did. The Seahawks, they all, they all had defense. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And, and so, guess what the Cowboys need to do is get themselves on defense. But I think you've got the quarterback. I mean, that, that's the, to answer your question, just unequivocally, Danny and I believe, Barry, you have the quarterback. I'm not worried about four. I'm worried about your defense, and I want to see a bounce back from the offensive line and a bounce back from 21, and I want to see 21 okay. used more. But I ain't worried about four. And we, oh, I, you know, I, I think four is a phenomenal player. I think Dak is a phenomenal player. But do you think he can lead this thing? Because if we pay him what, they, what people are saying, we're going to end up paying him. We're not going to have any cap space to improve this defense. Do you think he can go out there and take this team with a, with a lackluster defense that he has? Can he take them to the next level? That's, that's the only question I have. I don't think he is a bad quarterback at all. I think he's a, he's a great quarterback, but I think he needs help on the defensive side of the ball. And if we pay him what, we wanna, what people are saying we should pay him, that defense, if we don't hit in a draft, it's going to be lackluster. And we talk here, and we just sat here and talked about all those quarterbacks that I mentioned. They all had a decent defense that had ended up a comparable defense that ended up leading them to the Super Bowl. So for me, I don't think he can do it by himself. I think he needs more help on the defensive side of the ball, but it's going to be extremely hard to do that when we pay him this astronomical amount and when we're left with draft picks. We're going to have to hit on every single one of those draft picks to get a better defense, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of pressure. All right. You let, go back let, to the let, game let, they play with Seattle. 
let, let, let me put this, the rest of this puzzle together for, for you, church, so you can see where I'm coming from. So I, I, I believe that Dak has worked that much money, one, because he has the talent. We've seen him do it on the field. When he was off the field, we seen one of the biggest lacks of leadership uh, that we've seen in the NFL period. We've seen what Dak can do to an entire locker room and entire organization. The guy is a natural-born leader, and he changes the, the dynamic of the entire team. When you go out there and you go look for a guy in the draft, you're not going to get that. You're going to be missing out on what Dak is able to do on the field and what you've already seen him prove in the NFL and what, what you've seen him be able to do in the locker room. And two, on the defense, this is where me and you kind of differ a little bit because you 60-40 players and I'm 60-40 coaches. I, I, like, I, I really believe <laughs> that Mike Nolan is, is the biggest issue here. I think some of these guys can still really play, and if you get them in the right scheme with the right coaching, I think they'll play a little better to make this defense be formidable. They did play better at the end of the season once they started picking up on some stuff. So I think if you get them in there with a full offseason and, and a true defensive coach that can get these guys get the mo uh, most out of them, I think you have a formidable defense, and then you just add a couple pieces. I don't know, man. I mean, from what from what you guys told me on that winning streak, and we and the winning streak happened when we said the defense started playing a little bit better. And what you guys told me um, when they played a little bit better was who are they going against? We went against Cincinnati with Brandon Allen. We went against who, who was it? San Francisco with uh, who was number four back there? Beathard or whatever his name Nick, is. Mullen. Nick, Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. I mean, we went against uh, Daniel Jones. We ended up losing that game, and then I forget who was our who our third uh, victory was in that little. That little spiel we had there. The, who, who was Cincinnati, San Francisco, and we had one more that we took a victory from. But anyways, those all the who were we playing against? I don't think the defense. Philadelphia. I, I don't know. Philadelphia, and we played against a rookie quarterback and Jalen Hurts in that defense. So when we sit there and say, "Hey, yeah, we got the pieces, we just need better coaching." At the end of the day, who, who do we play against? When we played against the good no, teams, no. where was our defense then? You know, so no, I, no, I don't know. No. No, we still we still need we still need more pieces. We still need to fill in the pieces that you spoke about. I'm saying okay. we saw we saw some guys that that originally when we started the season they were on the uptrend, and we seen the guy who was on the downtrend last year, and we automatically assumed that hey he had a bad year in the previous year. You get him in the right situation, he's going to be able to come back. Speaking about Tank, and that's true. We didn't that's see true. That. We, we didn't and we didn't see that happen. So when you think about you having Tank. You having a Randy Gregory, you have an emerging Neville Gallimore, you have a Tristan Hill who was who was playing a little bit better. He could be coming off ACL, but you have talents, you have draft picks, and you got Jalen Smith and Vanders. You have guys on the defense to where I believe if you get the correct coaching and get them doing doing a scheme that they understand and they can maximize their ability in, I think that you have the pieces to start. Like you said, you add a cornerback, you add a safety, and I think that you're rolling. Okay. Yeah, sure. Church, here's one thing I want to go back to because, I mean, I love Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan, and I also felt that throughout Russell's years, you know, they never gave the guy enough credit. It was kind of like, hey, they won in spite of you. Um, but, you know, he was limited, and they, 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 they chose a certain route of how much they wanted to give him, and the guy improved. I mean, Russell improved and got better. And I feel that Dak Prescott is continuing to get better along the same lines we saw Russell Wilson. But let's remember now, January 19, uh, the Cowboys are facing the Seahawks, and they're going into the the fourth quarter down 14 to 10. Um, Cowboys go on a nine play 67 yard drive that ends up with a Ezekiel Elliott touchdown take the lead 17-14 and then um, Dak Prescott takes him on an 11 play drive 63 yards. Uh, he scores on a one yard run uh, to make it 24-14. Cowboys end up winning at 24-22 in the playoffs and then you look at a game this year where they went to Seattle and, and the Cowboys with that wretched defense um, that was a game that the Cowboys were in there right till the end, and, and, and the Seahawks won it 38-31. But Dak Prescott in that game, uh, 472 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Russell Wilson, 315, five touchdowns. Um, you know, gets that bad Cowboy defense. And then Seattle, unlike the Cowboys, decided they were going to run the football in that game. So when you look at what he's done up against <laughs> a guy like Russell Wilson, he's right there. Go back to that game against Aaron Rodgers when the Cowboys were 13-3 and his rookie year. You look at the statistics, Dak Prescott went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Aaron Rodgers. It ain't his fault he could, that he ain't playing defense as they convert, what was it, third and 21 and end up winning the football game? Um, Dak Prescott, to me, continues every time you ask him to meet the bar and get better. He's done it, Barry. He's done it. So don't this do is true. Like but, don't but, do in this like in that, but in that Packers game, though, in that Packers game, though, <laughs> yeah. we talk about how we talk about how, you know, 
you know, all these, these empty calories and all these empty stats. And that's what I think. If we don't have a defense going into next year, that's what I think our, our team will look like. It'll be a lot of blowouts. Here comes Dak Prescott leading us back into the game. It'll end up being a close game, but we'll end up taking that L. I think we need a defense to help Dak Prescott get to that next level. I'm not saying he he's terrible. He, he can't be the leader of our team or anything like that. I'm just saying without a good defense, we'll have a lot of those Packer games where it's all empty calories. It might be a 38 to 7 at the beginning. Oh, he's leading us back. And the score was 38 34. What a game. Did you see that? But we ended up taking the L. So I, I just think that he needs that comparable defense. But that's, that's no, it's not on him at all. He can't control that. That's, that's where that, yeah, he, he can't control that. That's why I think he need he. Exactly. That's why I think he needs to get the. We need to get that money on the defensive side of the ball. I think we but need more help the on the defensive side of the ball. Then you don't have that. But, but you have that. I'm, I'm, and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm all right wow. with that. So, you, wow. saying, so you, uh, to me, I think the key to winning. To me, I think you have to be on the. You have to be on the defensive side of the ball. I think the key to winning championships is on it. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But I think the key is on the defensive side of the ball. If, if you said that, if you said that, Barry, Barry, if you truly believe that, you'd be wearing a Super Bowl ring. This is true. But we, but, but we had, but we had a less than a less than average quarterback. Like we, we didn't even have an average quarterback. We had a less than average quarterback. That's what happens when you go cheap. When you go to Dollar General and you get it. And what has happened with our defense the past four years? We went cheap on defense the past four years, and where have we gone? Nowhere. So you have to have that middle ground. You have to be both. We have to have both sides. You gotta have both sides. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. So we had that whole discussion. I thought church. I thought you was gonna say that we need Dak needed a defense. You said the Cowboys need a defense, not Dak. I, I was. <laughs> no, that no, no, that ain't that ain't what that ain't what was said. No, I, I said break. this is no. what I'm saying. All right, okay. all right, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll come back to this after the break. Church, figure out, figure out your game plan here, church. Figure out your game. Plan. No, words, words were mints. Words were mints. Mike McCarthy has words about Mike Nolan as his defensive coordinator. We'll dive into that and more on the Players Lounge with Newey Scruggs, Barry Church, and Danny McRae right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Seeky. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the Players' Lounge. AT&T continues to innovate new ways to connect Cowboys Nation with new and exciting game day experiences, including Starview presented by AT&T 5G, available in stadium and for home use. Download the Dallas Cowboys mobile app and look for Starview under the stadium tab. You are checking out the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. We are in our SWBC uh, mortgage 
home studios, doing it virtually. I'm Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McCray. So, Church, let's recap our last segment here. Let's do you it. feel that the Cowboys, make sure I'm hearing this right, they need to take this offseason and invest heavily in defense. And even if it costs you Dak Prescott as your quarterback, because you feel instead of paying him $40 million or more, that you could get a bus driver type quarterback and win a championship. Am I hearing that correct? What I'm saying is, look, I think Dak is phenomenal at the quarterback. I just don't think he's worth $42 million and wrecking your defense. And bring, you're basically going to bring the same defense you did last year, and that's what would cost us a lot of these games because we weren't able to stop anybody. So if Dak was going for 38 maybe even 39 if we're giving him the same contract that Deshaun Watson had, which was basically 39 a year, I'm okay with that. But when you get into the 42s, 43s, maybe even 45 millions, I'm not so sure I'm pulling the trigger on that, and I would allow, allocate those funds to the defensive side of the ball. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so let me follow this question up here. Based mm -hmm. on what you say, what team is doing it the right way? in terms of defensive allocation and what they pay their quarterback. Who's doing it the right way? Uh, man, I would say, I would say New England, but they ain't spending money on anybody. So for me, I, I got to do some research on that one. I got to do some research on that one because it's not at the top of my head right now. But yeah, get back to me on that one. Give me about five minutes. I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just go, go ahead. Go ahead, Danny. Now, I was going to say, now, I, I don't think, and you're right, Church, to want to, I agree with you on one. I don't think Dak is, is getting served up $45 million. That is, that is grossly overpaying, especially for the situation that we're in. $45 million, I think he should be right around where Deshaun Watson is. I, I, I see them as equal. So, yeah, you're getting up to 45, you know, somewhere in there. I think that's I think that's a little bit too much for uh, for Dak Prescott, especially to have some other pieces around the team. So as far as price, I, I could definitely see where you're coming from. So let me ask this question. Do you think the Saints do it correctly in terms of the defense and quarterback allocation to Drew Brees? What did he just sign? A two, two for 50? Yes. So Drew Brees right now. He's making 25 a year. Yeah, he's Drew, making about Drew, Brees, Drew Brees has a cap hit of cap hit of twenty three point six million bucks. So right now he's taking up eleven point nine percent of the Saints' salary cap in twenty twenty. That ain't fair. Yeah. That ain't that. Yeah. They, they. <laughs> but I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying the compare. The comp I don't think the comparison is fair because. Drew, Drew yeah. Brees and Tom Brady have signed these team-friendly deals when they're 40 years old. This is not their first, they first go-round to getting a big contract. Something comparable to, to what quarterbacks were getting paid when Drew Brees first got paid, which it, like now would it be less, but you got to look at like what quarterbacks were getting paid around that, around that time and then compare it. I, I, and I believe that it would be at the top of, a top of whatever everybody else was getting. Right now, I, I don't think that's fair because you have Drew Brees on his way out. So yeah, he's taking twenty five. He already made so much money. So they taking these that's team true. friendly deals so they can so they can let the rest of the team have those pieces that Church are talking about. And you're not gonna talk uh, Dak into doing that. That first of all, that that would be disrespectful for you to ask, ask Dak to do that. You got him in the fourth round. You've been saying he's gonna pan him for years, mm -hmm. and then now you got him on a franchise tag, and he don't have a long term long term deal. Don't ask him to take a Tom Brady or Drew Brees deal team friendly. Okay. We also okay, think, so well, how far is the cap going to go down? Like, that's another thing we got to think. How far is that cap going to go down heading into this year? It doesn't I mean, matter. It, I mean, here's, it, it, here's why it doesn't matter, Barry. Because once they put him on the franchise tag, the next year tag was already kicked in because it, I can't remember. It's 30%. Anyway, it's a certain number that kicks in if you want to do another franchise tag again. So it was 30, 31 million bucks this year. And then the next tag, according to the number that the CBA was signed and the owners and the players agreed to, Dak was going to get it kicked in to 38 million bucks. And then I think the next one is a crazy number. Um, you know, you know, almost, two, you know, almost high is maybe in the, in the, maybe 40 or 50 million after. I mean, it just, it just increases a lot. So the cow, no matter what the cap was, the Cowboys are going to be locked into this deal. So, and it's made to be that way. So it gives you the team an incentive to get the contract done. So this is the yeah. Cowboys fault. So to me, from what, from what Danny, you're telling me now, I'm hearing you is Dak Prescott is going to get a contract comparable to his peers. 
peers being Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, who were in his same draft, Deshaun Watson, um, Patrick Mahomes, who came in later drafts, guys around him who've signed extensions. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. So that's 40, not, 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 so not that's, the 50 bill, not 50. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying specifically Deshaun Watson. I think he gets Deshaun Watson money. Okay. Does he get above so with, Deshaun Watson? So we're talking 41, 42? Uh, it's going to be 40. It's going to, I mean, the, it's going to be $40 million because his cap number this year is basically going to be $38 million bucks. So they're going okay. to look at Deshaun Watson and say, look at the value of, of a Deshaun Watson. We think our players, this type of value to your team, um, and, and they're going to want $40 million bucks. So, I mean, and once again, we, 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 we talk about, hey, the player's not worth this. This is what, this is what happened. This is what managers mess up. It was kind of like the tank yeah. thing. You could have got tank at $16 million bucks, but they decided they wanted to make a play out the tag, and then the tag the next year was $18 million, and then they were starting to say, hey, we'll get you 18 and tank said, no, 20 So if Tank got him at 20 and, and, his, and, and the franchise number was 18 Dak's going to do the same thing with his age. He's a quarterback. So if it's 38 they're going to get 40 And you're just going to have to eat that. And you're going to eat the frog because this is what they always do. They always eat the frog. They ate it with Cooper. They ate it with Zeke. They ate it with Tank. Uh, with uh, with Tank. Uh, they ate it with with Tyron Smith. They ate it with Zach Martin. They ate it with Travis. They're gonna do it. <laughs> this is what they do. Yeah, they are. They're gonna eat it. And at the end of the day, I think we can all agree like that. The Cowboys put themselves in this situation. Like you said, Nui, this could have been rectified two years ago when when Golf and them boys got their job. They could have threw whatever they wanted at Dak, and I'm sure he would have signed it. We wouldn't been in this predicament we are right now. But they decided to wait, and now it's. I mean, they're up against a rock and a hard place i mean do you, do you pay the quarterback and and hope you hit on these drafts or do you go defensive route i mean it, at the end of the day they put themselves in this situation and hey they're gonna have to deal with it stop stop digging i mean you, you're in a hole just stop digging i mean seriously that's what yep. it is at this point in time now you you kept digging this hole with the quarterback and digging and digging just drop the shovel pay the man because this is something we all know if the cowboys don't pay him the 40 somebody else will they're going yep. to do it. easy Easy. They're going to do it. Yep. So, and, and so you might as well just go ahead and do it because you know, if, you know, let's say he signs forty million with the Bears, and next thing you know, they win some games. I mean, you're going, you're going to catch. They're going to catch it. They're going to catch it. They don't want to catch it. And McCarthy <laughs> wants to coach him. McCarthy wants to coach him. Our, our 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 man Jerry Jones is inching towards eighty years old. He doesn't want to start over. So just write the check and do it as quickly as you can. Write the check. Just let's write the check. All right, um, let's squeeze another break. Exactly. Let's squeeze in this break. (laughs) I want to get to Mike Nolan and and what defensive coordinator Mike McCarthy had to say. I I should say head coach Mike McCarthy had to say about his hand-chosen defensive coordinator and his future. We'll do that next right here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. 
Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, Cowboys Nation, celebrate the Cowboys' commemorative season with 30% off the entire 1960 collection. Plus, the Pro Shop has huge selections on CD Lamb jerseys to celebrate his record-breaking rookie season, cold weather gear, and more deals for every fan. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com for the best savings on your new gear today. You're in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church, Danny McCray, two Cowboys safeties. All right, get, get your Bose headphones ready as, I, as, as I, 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 I tell you what Mike McCarthy had to say about his hand-chosen defensive coordinator. He said, when asked about his status, he said, quote, that's what we're working on. That's what this process is all about. That's the short version. So Mike McCarthy not committing that Mike Nolan will be his defensive coordinator next year, but saying that they're going through a process, that they're looking at things, which I personally, I take that as, hey, I'm trying to save my guy. I got to sit around here and show Jerry and, and Steven some ways where we improve and try to keep him back. But uh, I don't see. I, I personally don't see any way they can keep Mike Nolan as their defensive coordinator. And McCarthy's just gonna have to understand that when you go six and ten in Jerry World, people have to pay. Okay, you just don't get to come back. Every, everybody just don't get to come on back. You got to pay, and so that, that's the thing he's gonna have to understand. Go ahead, D Mac. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he knows. <laughs> I think that's that's one of those situations to where he wasn't in the room when they were talking about Earl Thomas. Like I haven't heard anything about this. <laughs> I think I think Jerry, <laughs> Jerry and Steven are trying to figure it out, trying to find out who's available and who they want to get. And, and hopefully they find it out soon so this doesn't linger on too much because, like I said, it, it, it's something in me that believes that Mike Nolan has a real strong possibility of coming back just because all the stuff that they faced this season with no offseason and COVID. But I don't think that, that, that he should survive this, and I think that he should be out and they find another guy who's able to maximize the uh, potential of the players that we currently have on the roster. Yeah, I, to me, I don't understand what, what the process is all about, man. I think he should have been gone on Black Friday uh, with the rest of those coaches that were dismissed. Um, but to me, I, I, I just don't understand. I just don't. He, he, was, he was a part of one of the historically worst defenses in the National Football League this year. I mean, teams were able to run the ball up and down the field on our defense, and it wasn't until the last four games of the year that we started taking the ball away with any type of regularity. So for me, I think he was a part of the problem. He was probably the main problem, and I think he needs to go ahead and go but you're right new i'm not sure if if mccarthy's trying to save you know his boy his boy's job or if he's trying to save his friendship with nolan you know what i'm saying i don't want to he's probably going into nolan saying hey man look i tried to fight for you i tried to fight for you i went in there i went the bat for you and I me mean, it just didn't work out that way knowing all the way on the back of his mind he's like man look we need to get this guy up out of here man but you know he's my boy and i don't want to do him like that so let me get his best opportunity to to speak to jerry and see if we can prolong this thing a little bit but in the back of his mind he probably already knows mike's uh mike nolan is on his way out when I see Mike McCarthy talk like that, I, 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 I kind of laugh because he goes vague like that. One of the things, being a reporter, is I've started to learn that listen to what people don't say. That was how I used to read Jason Garrett. Listen to what he didn't say about a player. You know, if he talked about a Dak Prescott or Zach Martin, he's like, this is a guy, does everything the right way, really loves football. I mean, he would throw effusive praise on him. Then when he talked about Taco Charlton, never heard any of that. That was how I could decode what, how Jason felt about a guy. And I go back to this to say, when Stephen Jones, and you listen to Stephen's radio interviews, when Stephen Jones came out and said, hey, there's some guys who were on that defense last year who really played better, and they're not playing well this year. And I took that as him saying, hey, it's not that our guys, our players stink. It's not that we don't know personnel at all. Our personnel is not any good. These were guys last year who were getting it done in a defense we didn't think was good enough. Now all of a sudden they stink. I'm not buying that. 
And that, to me, is where a guy like Mike Nolan is going to end up having to fall on the sword because you don't have a guy like Stephen Jones who's in your corner. And we all know Stephen Jones has major say in this organization. But I don't know how they can sit around here and just try to go off these last four games and say, hey, look, we're a better football team. Uh, I thought the Giant game was just one more reason why Mike Nolan should go. You had something to play for. You're playing against a team that was challenged offensively to score 20 points the last uh, 10 weeks of the season. And they scored 20. They put up 20 points in the first half. He's just not the guy. Um, as my, you, if you're Mike McCarthy, you can simply say this, man, you're my friend and I tried. I, I gave you a shot. I let you run this thing. I ran over here with Kellen. I was sitting over here dealing with offense. I let you had a whole lab to yourself. And this is what you did. You blew up the lab. So you got to go. You're still my boy. I still got love for you. I'll call around and maybe get a position coach somewhere. Because you guys know, dudes like Mike Nolan stick around forever. Somebody will hire him as a position coach. So he'll go there. But he can't coordinate this defense. And if you're going to get the best years out of Dak Prescott and get your return on investment in Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith and all these guys, then, then you've got to start with a defensive change. This is not a man who needs to come back here. And personally, I don't know if the Joneses are sold on just trying to go to a 3-4 defense because in the past, and I've been here in the past, and they've talked about how there were too many changes in personnel that they had to make and that it took you basically almost two years, in their opinion, to flip the defense around. So I don't see them doing this 3-4 deal. I believe it's going to be a 4-3. They'll bring in somebody. You know, It could be George Edwards. Okay, George Edwards is already in the building seeing what these guys can do. He worked with Mike Zimmer. They love Mike Zimmer. Okay, the the Jones family loves Mike Zimmer. George is right there with him. And until this season, when George was gone, the Vikings defense was pretty good. It's, it was pretty good under Mike Zimmer. So to me, you already have a guy who's in the building, understands the personnel, can possibly make the right changes that you need to, and you go on from there. That, that's right now. That's the easiest solution, in my opinion. A proven guy in the league, Georgia. Hold on, hold on now, because you, listen, oh, oh, Uncle Wade. I sent you a tweet. Uncle Wade said, if you want to change from a, a four three to a three four. He can get it done, all right? And he, he, he put some, some stats down there, and he let you know that he changed the Texans and the Rams and the Broncos, and, and they all changed from losing teams to winning teams. He got that stuff done, so it can be done. Let me tell you this about Mike Nolan, all right? Because we, we want to talk about personnel and, uh, you know, how and he may have this different personnel and bring some more guys in and all this other stuff. The, the, the truth of the matter is, in all likelihood, it's about two positions on the defense that he's going to be able to upgrade at the position. The safety and possibly the corner. You got two draft picks at defensive tackle. You got Randy Gregory. You got Tank Lawrence on the other side. You have your two linebackers who are going to be here next year. You got LVE and you got Jalen Smith. So it's not like you're going to go in and be able to revamp everything. He's going to be playing with essentially 80 to 85% of the same guys that he had this year. So the personnel change and all that stuff, and this is what's going to fix, fix Mike Nolan and all that, 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 that's not flying. The likelihood is you bring somebody else in here that can work with the talent that you already have and then upgrade what they can do based off what you're able to pick up in the draft and free agency. Mike Nolan cannot get it done. I'm not going to argue with you on that at all. I'm not going to argue with that at all. I just think that you tried it and you got to go ahead and move on. Move on from it. I mean, when you talk about the linebackers, uh, Mike Nolan was the guy who said put Leighton Van Der Esch in the middle and throw Jalen Smith to the outside. I don't think any of us on this show like that move. I think they should flip-flop that uh, as, as soon as possible. I mean, when we saw Van Der Esch making plays, it was on the outside. That's what I want to see. Um, it, it's just got to go. I mean, that's about bottom line. Quick it's question. It's got to go. Yeah. Quick question. Was Nolan, is the secondaries coach and like those those assistant coaches, are those guys that are under Nolan or McCarthy brought those guys in as well? I think it's a combination where, you know, I don't think that, that McCarthy brought in anybody Nolan to. wasn't comfortable with. But that's that's my thing too, is, is whoever to me, 
whoever the coordinator is, 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 is should have the right to try to bring in some positional guys that he wants who mm. understand yes. what he wants to do. If, the, if they all talked about, and Mike McCarthy had no problems talking about this all the time as the defense is, hey, it was coaching with dudes he hadn't coached with before. So if you let's say you bring in George Edwards. If you bring in George Edwards, shouldn't George Edwards be allowed to bring in a DB coach and a D-line coach and linebacker yes. coach to people that he has some familiarity with who can help him implement the defense the way he wants? So... I think that it's going to be, to me, I think it's sweeping changes on the defensive side of the football. It's not just Mike Nolan. Jim Tom Sula could get got, DB coach, linebacker coach. I mean, all these people can get got, and I wouldn't have any issues with it at all. Jerry's going to write a check for it, but but I don't have any issues with them uh, <laughs> ro- rolling through these dudes. I mean, this is the price of business. People have to pay. Yeah. Six and ten, I told you. Six and ten, everybody doesn't get to come back, Okay. You know, everybody can't be like Kellen Moore, get a contract extension and live on. I mean, some people gonna have to go ahead and die. You know, some people gonna have to die at four, six, and ten, and that's just just the way it is. Uh, One of the things I want to talk about here on the players' lounge is is the offensive line. And McCray, I heard you talk about wanting a left tackle at ten. First off, the best left tackle is probably going to be gone at three or four the kid from Oregon, so I'm not sure who's left at left tackle uh, at 10, but to me, when I look at the kind of money they've invested in Tyron and invested in Lel Collins at the tackle positions, those guys are going to be there, but we do know they'll miss games. I, If I'm starting my offensive line next fall, my center is Tyler Biotish, second year man from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm hoping Tyron Smith's my left tackle, I'm going to put Connor McGovern at left guard, replacing Connor Williams. I'm going to put Zach Martin at right tackle. I'm going to put Lyle Collins, I mean, I put Zach Martin at right guard. I put Lyle Collins at at, at, uh, right tackle. And Connor Williams is going to become my swing tackle because I'm going to be, he's going to be in the, he'll be in the final year of his deal. Too many times I feel like Connor Williams has gotten overmatched at guard. I don't think he's a guard. I think he's a tackle in the National Football League. I want to see him there, and I'm going to spend that last year with Connor Williams out there. Now, when you talk about drafting a tackle later on in the draft, I'm all for it. I don't have any issue with it. I don't. But at 10, I cannot, I cannot take a tackle at 10 who possibly doesn't start. I need a walk-in starter at 10. In the first round, and that's got to most, and that's got to be a defensive player, in my opinion. That's just me, but that's my take listen, on the offensive line. Listen, my, my, mine is 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 virtually the same. I got McGovern at uh, left guard, Beata center, Martin right guard, Collins uh, right tackle. I do not listen. I do not believe that Connor Williams has enough anchor to play. Guard or tackle like I've never actually looked at the uh, offensive line play as much as I have this year since we started talking about it on the show. And I'm talking about repeatedly. If you have a guy with any strength and any type of bull rush, Connor Williams cannot handle it. And I don't think he wants to be out there at at tackle facing guys who knows 100 percent that they can just push him back into the quarterback. I don't trust him being out there at left tackle. And like you said, Tyron Smith is going to miss time. So Connor Williams is going to be starting a few games and you don't want to be out there worried about how many how many guys are focusing on Connor Williams getting bull rushed into Dak Prescott uh, throughout the game. So that's why I want to focus on the left tackle. Now, if, if a left tackle that you believe in is sitting there at number 10 then I believe that you got to take them. That's just that's just where I go with it. You have some guys on defense that we said are, are, are ascending as far as being able to show some some potential. So I, I'm still stuck at, at protecting uh, Dak Prescott. So if you're going to sign him to a four- or five-year deal, make sure that he has the offensive line and, uh, and, and, and get you a left tackle. Wait, so you're going you're gonna to sign Dak to that big deal and then and then take your first rounder on, on somebody who might not be able to be in there to, to start I'm, the first day? I'm, I'm put, I'm, no, 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 no. That's why I said if you have somebody that you believe in that's sitting at number 10 since we already messed up our draft order, like if they would have done what me and Newey said a long time ago, you would have been up there picking earlier and you possibly had a guy <laughs> that, uh, that, that you could depend on being a starter on day one. Like Just like C.D. Lamb fell to you last season and you had to pick him, if your left tackle falls to you at number 10 in the draft, I believe that you have to take him. You invest all this money in, in Dak Prescott, so you need to protect 
them and have some guys that are dependable out there and go back to that game plan that you had previously. Control the clock. Make people figure offensive line and control the line of scrimmage and then play defense uh, 15 minutes out of the game and take the ball away because everybody's playing from behind. I think that's a recipe for us for winning for what we have currently on the roster. Ooh. Will we, you think that defense, what we got currently on the, on the roster right now, can do that? Can, no, can listen. No, listen. We, 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 you you're just trying to win I, shootouts. I, you're trying to win shootouts. No, I, no, no. Listen, yeah. listen. I, I already, I, I already spoke to this. The guys that we have on the defense, most of them are still going to be here on the roster next year. We talked about changing out some guys in the secondary. We talked about changing out essentially two guys: the safety and and one of the corners. The, we still got AB and we got Diggs who are going to be starting uh, as the number two and number three corner on the roster. We talk about going to get a safety. Our linebackers are already pretty much set in stone and our defensive line for the most part besides one that y'all talking about drafting in the first round is pretty much set in stone. We got the two outside guys. We got Neville Gallimore who we drafted and you got Tristan Hill. Are we sure? I'm, I'm, are we sure James is not- be here? <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Are, are, we, are we sure? Watch the film. I don't know. Watch the tape. I, Watch the tape. <laughs> Listen, he was he was amongst the leaders in tackles. <laughs> I, I can't sit around here and and look at this Cowboys defense and think that with a potential tenth overall pick in the draft to use it on offense as somebody that's not in a walk-in starter. I can't, I can't see it. It doesn't make sense. And. Also, I go back to what we've talked about before. If you sign Dak Prescott, what do you need? You need to start to bring in cost certainty on players. You use a defensive selection, that's five years you have with a player versus getting them at four years in every other round. So that, to me, makes it even more imperative that I need a defensive guy who I can have here for five years, and I need to try to hit on a blue-chip defensive player versus an offensive lineman who's going to potentially sit on the bench. That doesn't make sense, guys, in a financial, in a salary cap world. That just doesn't make sense. What, 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 what are we talking about sitting on the bench? First of all, don't forget about Taco Charlton. All right, talk about five years. All right, so let's not act like just because you draft a defensive player in the first round that they're going to be here that long. And I'm, well, and if you, remember, when, you pass on, when you pass on the better player, yeah. I mean, you, you tell yeah, your better player, T.J. Watt, you, yeah, you, you've but, been fine. Yeah, but, but 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 we did, and 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 Taco was not here for five years. But remember, I'm speaking of is if we do not have Tyron Smith on the roster. Th- th- this is my position: not draft a guy to be behind Tyron Smith and sit on the bench. I'm speaking of oh, we don't have Tyron Smith on the roster, and our and our left tackle is the guy who's going to come replace him. That is what I was talking about during the season, and that's what I'm talking about now. Not a guy, yeah, we're not going to draft a guy number 10 to come sit behind Tyron Smith. Uh, that, that would make no sense. Yeah, if you got Tyron Smith on the roster, go defense. So, all right, so I'll give you a name that I've seen at, at 10 by, by certain people. Uh, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle at Northwestern. So if you take Slater at 10, where are you putting him at to start the season? Is Tyron Smith on the roster? Yes. Well, you don't take, you don't take him at 10. My, my, whole, my whole game plan was not to – remember we had this discussion during the season, who should be on the roster, who shouldn't. I, I was adamant about Tyron Smith is not going to be able to be dependable. If you can move him. Or release him, get rid of, it, especially if it could save you some money and get you a new offensive tackle who's going to be dependable out there, not Connor Williams. That that is what I said. And if you're able to do that, I still believe that. If Tyra Smith is on the roster, okay. Nui, Nui at church, we ain't taking a tackle at uh, at number ten. We're going defense. Like yeah, you're not going to stack up the position if, if Tyra Smith is still out there. So just to clarify, just to clarify things, if you were the GM, in your opinion. You would either release or try to find a trade partner for Tyron Smith. Absolutely. If, if, if I could find something that worked, if, 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 I could, if I could find something that worked for me, absolutely. Listen, bad back, bad neck, bad knees is next. All right? he, has, he ain't been able to play out there. It's not nothing against the guy and how hard he works or how good he is at the position. We're talking about straight health, some stuff that he can't even control. He can lift as much as he wants to. He can do as much rehab as he wants to. And he's still not been able to be available. And, and that's just, that, that's the fact. You can go back and see. And when he's not out there, our offensive line is in limbo. You have major, major issues when Tyra Smith is not playing in the game.
Okay, so I'll just throw you dead cap money out here, okay? The dead cap hit for Tyron Smith in 2021 is $8.8 million. So that's that's the that's the dead cap hit. His overall cap hit is 14 million bucks. So it's too much. Um, so that that's it. If he if he plays for you, it's 14 million bucks for the to pay the 30 year old. If you want to move on from him, it's going to cost you 8.8 million bucks, which means you're going to basically split it up. But a post June June one cut, pay four million this year. And then pay four million against your cap next year. That's what it's going to be. How like. much? It, and then you're. How much it cost him this year? How much it cost him this year when he was on the field? Um, his salary cap hit this year was six point four million dollars because they restructured five point three. The Cowboys keep how many restructuring. They keep how many restructuring games did he play? Deals. I think he played how many like games five did he play? Or six. So the point is, the point is, if he's not able to be on the field, why are we talking about cap hits? You're paying the guy not to even be out there. And you have to worry about him not being out there for the foreseeable future because he's been su- subject to injury for the uh, last few years. So yeah, you can say, hey, $8 million cap hit, but a dude sitting on the sideline get paid $14 million, you're losing. It's, it's a loss just because you're trying now, to save some cap money. What, okay, what I will, okay. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go back into um, what I've seen from the Jones family and how they operate. Uh, for years, Flozell Adams was a guy who had issues, and they kept rolling with the issues until finally um, Flozell couldn't go anymore, and they ended up uh, bring, drafting Tyron Smith at number nine. If you are going to move off from Tyron Smith, I think it'll be in the tw- after 2021. In 2022, it's a lot more manageable for you to go ahead and do it. But I don't see the Joneses moving off from Tyron Smith. I, I just don't. That's, that's just, and I understand, Danny, you're right. Backs do not get better. Is it something no. you look at at 10? Is it something you look at at 10 with the kid from Northwestern, which a lot, I mean, there are certain people who are saying, do this. Danny, you are not alone, okay? Make sure I'm saying, Danny, Danny, Danny McCray is not crazy here. There are a lot of people who believe <laughs> this is what should be done here, okay? So, so it's not some crazy idea. Um, I saw the great Ozzie Newsom do this in Baltimore, where he selected Jonathan Ogden number four overall. He still had Big Zeus, Orlando Brown out there at left tackle. He put Jonathan Ogden at guard, and eventually the next season pushed him out to left tackle. He had a Hall of Fame career. So, Danny, what you're saying is not something that hasn't been done. But at the same time, Ozzie didn't have a horrible defense like the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys have a horrible, horrible defense here that – that at this point in time, if you commit these dollars to the left tackle, you're saying, McCarthy, I need you to score 38 a game, and then we're just going to try and win these games 38-36. I don't know, that, man. That's I'm, kind my, of my, my, my math is just a little different. You pay, you pay him 14 if he's on the roster. You lose eight if he's not. If you're not on the roster, you're saving six, you're picking the dude in the draft, and you're going to spend that money somewhere else for a guy who might not even be on the field for the entire season. If I'm doing my math right, I, I'm not paying to do 14 when I can get rid of him for eight and, and put that other six somewhere if I can't depend on him to be on the field for the entire season. That, that's, that's just the way my math is working out. Uh, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it happens. But you're right. I'm not the Joneses because I would also pay Dak two years ago. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I mean, and that's when I when I used to work, when I used to do sports radio, I used to talk about how this these are the things. There's thoughts on what we would do, but then it's what the what, what the Jones family will do. You know, I would have, you know, for, there were so many different things. Uh, well, I wouldn't have done this, but the, but that, I'm not the Joneses, and that's, you know, where they're comfortable at. I mean, personally, one of the big problems that, that, that I have is the restructuring, con- consistent restructuring they do. Because the more you restructure these contracts, it means you push it down the line. And you keep pushing it down the line, and then you're just like, well, we'll pay it here at some point in time. So when they cut Des Bryant, all that money hit right there. When they had to cut Tony Romo, all that money hit. You know, if you start doing a restructure and just, all right, Boom, we're going to lock in here. We're just going to pay this money. And so when it comes time to let the guy go, you can say, hey, look, we paid all the bonus money. We're good. We can let the guy go. We don't have a major cap hit. Um, these are issues. They, they still got to pay off the Travis Frederick money on this year's salary cap because they broke it up over two years. So uh, it does make it harder to say goodbye to people. And look, what's the one thing we've constantly seen with, with Jerry Jones as an owner? 
He likes to keep guys around and you can say guys have stayed here probably a year or two years longer than they needed to be. I can say it about Flozell. Uh, I can say it about Jason Witten. I can say it right now exactly. about Sean Lee. Sean Lee, they're guys who end up, you're like, oh, this Tyrone Crawford. I mean, they're guys here, when you look at him, you say, man, should dude have been gone about a year ago or two years ago? In New England, Bill Belichick would have got rid of him. Here, they get to stay around, and they stay around one or two years too long. So, Danny, this may be a case where Ty- Tyron Smith ends up being one of those guys that you end up keeping him maybe a year too long. And you could be right. At the end of the, se- at the 2021 season, we could be saying, you know what, Danny? You were right. You tried to tell us. Man, I could be wrong, too. I could be wrong. If he plays the entire season, I, I was wrong. If he plays the whole season, I'm wrong. I'm just going based off what happened the last two years. I just I, I haven't well, played well, Claiborne. Yeah, Claiborne in the Atlanta Falcons game. I'm still seeing it. I'm still seeing Claiborne in the Atlanta Falcons game. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the destruction that was caused when Tyra Smith wasn't able to play, and I'm seeing the destruction on the offensive line this year when we miss LC and Tyra Smith again this season. Now, Based on what you said, this is me, okay? If you want to go offensive line, then you need to sign Dak Prescott so you have available money in free agency and you can start to meet some of these defensive needs and you're making a defensive coordinator change. I mean, all of this has to play. (laughs) I mean, so much because... I mean, you know, you just can't sit up here and say, hey, we're going to draft this left tackle and we we, we only go do a one-year franchise deal with Dak and then Dak go... I mean, this, you know... If this is all designed to to protect the investment... (laughs) Right. This is what we. This is what I'm hearing right now, man. We're gonna pay Dak Prescott 42 mil. We're gonna use our first round pick on the offensive tackle. What? What? Are, we acting like we got the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens over there on the defensive side of the ball. When are we no, gonna that's, allocate that's, some funds? Church, you, you save six. Some church, you save six defense. You save six million dollars, Church. Church about by, by releasing. Church by releasing by releasing Tyrus Smith, who you was gonna pay eight or 14. You save six because now your dead cap is eight. So you got six million dollars. You're picking the tackle in the first round. So then you go. You saving some money right there, like you wanted to, to get you somebody on defense versus paying this dude fourteen million dollars and not having no money because oh, you're still gonna pay that. I'm just saying you oh, saving bread. You man. you talking about you want some money? And we ain't paying back forty two. Also in forty. Y'all putting a All lot right. of pressure on Will. Don't, 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 don't put this pressure, man. That's not me. Y'all put, that's not me. Daddy, that's pe- him. Because we acting that's like Danny. This, this tackle that we draft is gonna be. He, he might. What if he's a bust? Then what? Then they all hold on. Hitting the fan, man. That, that's all I'm saying. You know, like, you, what come on, church. At the at the we beginning of the show, you said we, we you said we can go out there with Andy Dalton at the beginning of the show and, and fix up the defense. So I don't want to know. He's been in the league, man. He has. You been was calling the Red league. Pistol the last week of the Proof season. It. You said you want to take his nickname, nickname back. You said you can't believe Pow. you called him for it. All right, let's let's. We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. So let's let's end this with these picks here, okay? So we're going to run through these picks real quick because we've got a bunch of games to get to. Uh, Alabama, eight-point favorite against Ohio State in the National Championship game. D-Mac, who you got? Alabama. What's the score? Alabama, and they, they don't cover. They win by, by four. So I'm, I'm going to go something like 35-31. Ohio State. 35-31. Ohio State, 35 okay. Ohio State, 35, Alabama, 28. <laughs> All right. I'm fighting Justin me, Fields, baby. Give me uh, Alabama, 41, Ohio State, 31. Mm. All right. Uh, Indy Buffalo, Buffalo, six-point favorite, DMAC. I got Buffalo covering. I'm going 31-21. Mm. I got uh, old man Phillip Rivers. I got old man Rivers pulling an upset. I got Indy 31, Buffalo 24. 31-24. Uh, give me Buffalo 32-17. All right, Rams. Three-point dog against Seattle. It's in Seattle. D-Mac. Uh, I got Seattle covering. Uh, I don't have any faith in Jared Goff, so I'm going to go 31-17. to 
Yeah, I got a, I got Seattle in this one. 24 14 24 14 Seattle for church All right, give me Seattle to win this bad boy here 34 13 All right, Tampa Bay eight-point favorite at Washington DMAC easy Tom Brady, terrific Tom, and I got him winning by a close margin, though, because that defense is going to show up. I got him winning 27, I mean, 21-17. Nah, not me, man. I got Uncle Tom and the boys winning 38-14. I think it's going to be a blowout. 38-14. All right, we're all going Tampa Bay here. Uh, give me Tampa Bay to win it. Uh, 24 to 16. All right, Baltimore at Tennessee. Baltimore, three-point favorites. Yes, Lamar Jackson finally gets that dub, and they're going to win 45 to 38. High-scoring game. Derrick Henry still going for 200. Roll tie. Ain't no defense in that game. Okay. Uh, no yeah, I sir. got uh, I got I got I got Lamar getting the monkey off his back, man. He finally beating Tennessee. I got him I got him 24. I got a 24-17. All right. Give me Baltimore to win a 27-21 game. Chicago 10-point dog at New Orleans, DMAC. Yep, uh, New Orleans covers. I'm going uh, 31 to 10. Yeah, Drew. Drew's a little bit too much uh, for Chicago, I think, and it's not. And it's not in Chicago. It's in New Orleans. So I'm going 35-17, New Orleans. All right, give me Saints win this one. 41-13, Cleveland. Mm. Pittsburgh, Cleveland's head coach, Kevin Stefanski, not coaching in this game because of COVID. Browns had practice this week. Baker Mayfield said, won't have any difference. It won't make a difference at all in this football game. DMAC. Yeah, I got Pittsburgh uh, 24-21. Yeah, no, no Stefanski on the sidelines. Uh, I, don't, I just don't see it. I mean, they made it. The Steelers made it close with Mason Rudolph in there last week, so... For me, I think the Steelers go ahead and, and get this one done. I'm saying 31-17. There we go. Yeah, give me Pittsburgh to win this one. Uh, I'm going to go 27-14 to 27-14 um, and uh, actually, you know, I'm going to make it 27-21. 27-21. Steelers end up uh, getting this one. All right, fellas. That's good stuff here. Hey, for Chris Beam, our producer, we appreciate the heck out of you. Barry Church, Newey Scruggs, we are the Players' Lounge. We're going to do this show every Friday at 1130, okay, 1130. Check out the replay on uh, social media. Send it out to your friends. We appreciate you here. Thanks to Hotels.com for having us do this show. That is the Players' Lounge right here on a Friday on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!